Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Broadly, I continue to be inspired by the entrepreneurial spirit of refugees. Again, I mentioned, right, refugees isn't who these people are at their core. It describes what's happened to them. But one of the things I hear over and over again in the field from refugees is people saying, I want to be seen as an entrepreneur, not as a refugee. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 324 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Lev Fabes. Lev is the investment director for Kiva, an award-winning global non-profit organization that provides microloans to marginalized communities around the world, including refugees. With over nine years of experience at Kiva and extensive experience working directly with refugees, Lev can speak to Kiva's work of providing loans to refugees who have been rejected by traditional financial systems and expand on how refugee lending can be scaled and grown for the greater good. Lev believes in the power of opportunity for improving lives. He's especially passionate about refugee support and development and brings a unique perspective on how we can use microfinance to make a real lasting impact on the lives of people who are forcibly displaced. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing how Kiva is creating opportunities for increased financial inclusivity and why microfinance is key to creating sustainable change for refugees and migrants. Lev, thank you very much for joining us. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much, India. Great to be here. Excellent. So to start off, Lev, could you please share a bit about your background and then what led to your work in social finance and enterprise? Certainly. I actually started my career working in the Middle East in the nonprofit sector for an organization that was focused on youth. It was a youth empowerment organization that was providing programming largely for young adults in the region. One of the key populations or key groups that we worked with were those who had just graduated either high school or college. And one of the things that I was struck by over and over again was the many incredible ideas and the entrepreneurial spirit that I saw among so much of the young population in the region. There was a common theme there that despite these incredible ideas, there was a gap. And that was really around access to finance or access to financial services to be able to turn these ideas into a reality. That really is what led me to Kiva. I first learned about Kiva and thought it was an incredible opportunity or incredible way for individuals like you and I to go on and and support individuals with a loan starting as low as $25. So that's what first excited me about Kiva and eventually brought me within the organization where I work today. Really fantastic. That provides a really great segue into that you're the investment director of Kiva and you talked a bit about the organization already, but can you tell us a bit more and expand on the organization's activities and also its social purpose? Definitely. Kiva was founded in 2005 in San Francisco, where a global nonprofit that envisions a financially inclusive world where all individuals hold the power to improve their lives. We do this by improving the quality and cost of financial services and unlocking capital 
through our crowdfunding platform, through, through the Kiva.org website. In short, Kiva is really a marketplace. We are a way where individual lenders, these are individuals like you or I, can connect with borrowers, entrepreneurs around the world by going onto our website, browsing profiles of thousands of individuals in close to 80 countries where we operate, and lending as little as $25 to support an individual and making a difference in their life as they look to start a small business. Really fascinating. And can you then also talk a bit more about how Kiva's work is specifically serving refugees and displaced people? Today, I think many of us know that there are around 80 million people estimated to be forcibly displaced from their homes, which is a staggering number and unfortunately one that is only going to get worse with continuing conflict and also with climate change continuing to be a a key factor driving Mm -hmm. displacement. One of the things that I've been struck by and has driven my own ideas in this work is this realization that refugees are not a monolith. They are not a homogenous group. They have very different backgrounds, face different challenges, have different needs. Refugees is not who they are. It is what happened to them. But like many of us, refugees are doctors, teachers, nurses, mothers, fathers. And so the needs really differ among what refugee populations need. One of the things that I think I saw from living in the Middle East is that humanitarian assistance often plays an initial and very critical role in responding to individuals once they've been forcibly displaced from their homes. Certainly critical, but it is also not enough. The situation is so complex and the needs so diverse among refugees that we also have to look for ways we can complement humanitarian assistance with more longer-term and sustainable solutions. And that's really where we believe, and I believe, Kiva comes in, looking to support refugees who might have been in their new country for two, three years and are looking to rebuild their lives and to move beyond aid and humanitarian assistance and need support to start or grow a small business. That's really where Kiva comes in because the sad reality is that most financial institutions, banks, microfinance institutions, will not serve refugees because they're perceived to be too risky. And so we're really looking to leverage the power of our website, the crowdfunding platform, our community of internet lenders to really go out, prove that refugee lending is not only viable, but that it makes sense. It's quite amazing to see how Kiva is operating and all of their different activities as an organization. And if we're looking specifically at this microfinance model and loans, Why are loans an effective mechanism of creating social change compared to just other traditional donation models? To what I was saying, with the needs so diverse among refugee populations, one solution is not enough. We need a whole group of organizations, of efforts, of of folks coming together to really address the global refugee crisis today. I think traditional donations and traditional aid plays a critical role. But for many refugees, they are ready to move beyond that. As I mentioned, I was really struck not only by the entrepreneurial spirit I saw of the many youth in the Middle East that I worked directly with, but since my time at Kiva, I spent the first five years I was with Kiva based in Istanbul. So spent a lot of time in Turkey, Jordan, and Lebanon, three of the countries that are host to the largest number of Syrian refugees in the world today. I was struck by the entrepreneurial spirit I saw among the refugee populations in each of these countries who were really eager for opportunities to rebuild their lives in these countries, to start a small business, to provide for their family, to pay for their children to go to school, to pay for health expenses for their families. So that's really where we as Kiva believe that lending and that loans come in, moving beyond the humanitarian aspect of a crisis and helping refugees start a small business and really begin to rebuild their life and continue to settle into the country that they're now calling home. Layers of social impact there that's being created by this organization, Kiva. So thank you for sharing that with our audience there, Lev. 
And what benefits are experienced by refugees who are receiving microfinance loans through the Kiva platforms, but also what benefits are experienced by people who are contributing to that fund? I really like how you frame that question because it certainly goes both ways. If we think about the refugees to begin with, and I alluded to this a little bit, but refugees are largely financially excluded. As I mentioned, most financial institutions won't lend to them. And that's because there's this perception that refugees are too risky to serve. They're going to flee to another country and they're not going to repay their loans. And so most banks or even socially minded microfinance institutions are too concerned to actually start lending to refugees. And that's really where Kiva has come in and what the experience of refugees receiving microfinance loans through Kiva is. We have mobilized our community of internet lenders from around the world. Again, these are people like you or I who come onto our platform and and fill the gap that exists because most refugees are not served by the formal financial sector. Since 2016, we've been crowdfunding loans to refugees all around the world. We've provided over $25 million to almost 30,000 refugees across the Middle East, Africa, and Latin America, and are really working to prove that lending to refugees is not only the right thing to do, but it makes sense. And what I mean by that is we've actually seen that refugees are repaying their loans at above 95%, pretty much the same repayment rate that we see on Kiva for our non-refugee lending. For us and for the refugees, I think together we've proven that lending to refugees or investing in refugees should not be perceived as more risky than other investments or other lending. It's in fact the same repayment rate and the same success that we see across the board. That's really what we're trying to do at Kiva is to prove that investing in refugees makes sense. Then on the other hand, those who contribute to the fund, what we call our internet lenders, they are making a social investment that is catalyzing lending to refugees and demonstrating that lending to refugees makes sense. But it's also a loan, not a donation. You go onto the platform, you put in $25, you pick the individual you want to lend to, you support them to start or to grow their small business, whether in Jordan, Uganda, in Colombia. But that $25 takes the form of a loan, meaning that you eventually will be repaid and can recycle that $25, choosing another entrepreneur, say six months or a year later, to invest in. It's this cycle of giving, uh, of lending, of receiving repayments and continuing to move that $25 forward that I think is most powerful for the people who contribute on our website. Just super amazing to hear about that impact that's happening on both sides and then also that cycle of giving that's created by Kiva. It's a really amazing initiative that you guys have there. So if we look now at how can impact-led individuals, nonprofit organizations, and social businesses work towards supporting and being more financially inclusive of refugees globally and within their communities? Thanks for asking that. I think I've touched on this some, especially on the individual level. One of the things that is so powerful about the Kiva platform is that anyone with a credit card can go onto our website and browse our platform and see refugees across the world, across the Middle East, across East Africa, Latin America, who are looking for loans. And anyone can go on and be part of this in providing loans to refugees that help improve their lives, but also that demonstrate, again, that investing in refugees makes sense. I definitely welcome and encourage those who are interested to do that. Being able to really make that connection and pick who you make a loan to, I think it's one of the most powerful aspects Beyond individuals, for organizations or foundations or companies, there are numerous ways to directly engage and support and work with Kiva. I'd encourage those who are interested to visit kiva.global to learn more and connect with our staff that way. 
And then I think beyond Kiva, there are countless ways to think about this. I've mentioned over and over again that the global refugee crisis is one at massive scale, and it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. Kiva and microfinance is one key piece, but certainly we are not enough on our own. And I encourage organizations, companies, and social businesses to think about what the needs are for refugees who live in their communities or who live in areas where they work and how they can support them and expand their work to reach refugee communities. A lot of companies, for example, today are making more efforts to hire refugees or to reach or expand their services so that they reach refugees. There are many ways to think about this, but Kiva is one specific way. We believe strongly in what we're doing and, and would love for people to support, but there are many other ways to think about this and it will take this comprehensive effort to truly make a change in this crisis moving forward. There's so many different avenues there that people can work towards being more financially inclusive of these people who really need it and are being displaced in this global crisis. Thank you so much for sharing that advice there, Lev. And we're moving into the end of our interview now. I've just got two questions left quickly to ask you. And first of all, in your work, you've probably come across a lot of different projects and initiatives that are doing a lot of inspiring work. So which ones do you believe are creating positive social change? certainly been some of the most inspiring moments at my time at Kiva have really been when I get out into the field and meet the refugees who we're serving with and working with across the world. Broadly, I continue to be inspired by the entrepreneurial spirit of refugees. Again, refugees isn't who these people are at their core. It describes what's happened to them. But one of the things I hear over and over again in the field from refugees is people saying, I want to be seen as an entrepreneur, not as a refugee. And that's something that I think has really stuck with me and it inspires me in my work. I think specifically to one small business I visited in Lebanon, a Syrian refugee who had been displaced fairly early on in the conflict in Syria in 2013 or 2014, had fled to Lebanon thinking she'd be there with her family for maximum one or two months. Close to 10 years later, they're still there. Yeah. And she initially settled in a small mountainous village in Lebanon. The cost of living in Lebanon is a lot higher than it was, at least for them in Syria. And so she started just out of her home, running a little beauty salon, doing makeup for women in the community before they were getting married, doing their hair and so on, and starting to generate an income that way. It was great to see what she'd done, but it unfortunately was not enough for her. And so she ended up becoming really good friends with her neighbor, who was a Lebanese woman. And this is, I think, one of the things that amazed me most. These two women coming together, a Syrian refugee and a Lebanese national, there's often a lot of tension and animosity between these two groups. But these two people came together and took a loan funded on the Kiva platform by our internet lenders from around the world. And the loan was to buy wedding dresses, which this woman, Samira, now has grown her business out of her home. In addition to doing makeup and hairstyling, she rents wedding dresses out to other Syrian refugees in the community on their wedding day, brides who cannot afford the cost of a wedding dress, and really allows them to still have a dress and celebrate the wedding as they would like. And one of the things that Samira mentioned to me is that through this loan, through going her business with the support of her neighbor, with the support of Kiva, she was able to double her income from $300 a month to $600 a month. And again, when we think about entrepreneurialism, I think she's a great example of that. At her core, she is an entrepreneur rather than just a refugee. Really a beautiful sentiment. And it's really true as well. It's just a really amazing story, amazing organization. And do you have a name for that enterprise as well that we can include? No, unfortunately, I don't have any. So much of the businesses we see, especially in the Middle East, are mm. small and more informal, unregistered businesses yeah, because yeah. it is so challenging for refugees. The woman's name is Samira, and I can certainly send you some more information. We actually have a blog post we wrote about her if that would be helpful. 
yeah, we would love to include that in at the end of the article so people can click on through and find more about that because that's just a really fascinating story there and it shows so much of the work that is happening. To finish off, Lev, could you please share what books or resources you would recommend to our listeners? First of all, whether or not you actually make a loan on Kiva, one of the great things about our website is you browse profiles of refugee entrepreneurs from all around the world and see the types of small businesses they're starting and what they're looking for loans and the type of support that they need. I definitely encourage folks to visit our website. Our blog as well it has more in-depth stories and some success stories and more information on some of the specific refugees we've supported. So that's available directly on our blog. If I think about some of the works that have been most influential for me, this isn't related specifically to Kiva, but a documentary that I saw a few years ago called For Sema is about the story of a Syrian refugee who fled Aleppo, but her experience during the war in Syria and what it was like there and then fleeing as a refugee. Her determination, grit, and entrepreneurialism is something that has really stuck with me and has been an inspiration in my work. And so something I would definitely recommend to others. It's a difficult movie to watch, but incredibly powerful. Sounds like a fantastic recommendation. And all the enterprises that you've talked about, entrepreneurs, the books, resources, all of that will be linked in at the end of the article. So once the listeners have either listened to our interview or they've even went through and just read the article and transcript, they'll be able to click on through and check all of that out. So thank you so much for recommending that. And that actually brings us, Lev, to the end of our interview. And I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, thank you for making the time to share these generous insights. It's amazing the work that you're doing at Kiva as the investment director and all of the amazing work you've done in the past as well with refugees and now around financial inclusivity as well. It's just all really fascinating and it's been great to hear your story. So thank you for sharing this and all the best in the future. We can't wait to see what else you do. Thanks so much, India. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.